0: Welcome to another episode of uh, an India Independent Films Podcast. Uh, This is Rahul Desai here. I have with me my friends and uh, fellow critics Tanul Thakur and Uday Bhartia today with me. Uh, Today we're going to discuss um, Class of 83, which was directed by Atul Sabarwal. It was a Netflix film released um, last week. And uh, what's interesting is all three of us had very different reactions to this film. And we did also have a lot of time to reflect on the film because, you know, one of those uh, rare instances where we got, like, the screeners uh, days in advance. So we all had time to sort of form our opinions and be very clear about uh, this film. Um, I didn't like it at all. Uh, Uday liked it moderately. Tanul really liked it. So, um, yeah, so, Tanul, uh, let's start with you because, you know, uh, I read your review and obviously you really liked it. And I I mean, I, I... I totally, while reading your review, I totally understood what you meant. But let's start with you, with your initial reactions and why you like this film so much.
1: Yeah, I mean, and just something to, uh, before I start, I mean, something that my review may not have captured it, but Mm. I would just like to say that now. I mean, I I definitely like the film for sure. I mean, Mm. uh, for me, it could have been slightly more ambitious. I mean, mm. uh, given that I've enjoyed uh, Sabarwal's previous works, uh, definitely uh, uh, his debut Aurangzeb. So, I mean, if you have to uh, compare this film, the, 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 the achievements of this film uh, with respect to uh, Aurangzeb, I would say in that respect, it did not uh, land fully. But otherwise, in the, in the ambit of this film itself, uh and and what he set himself to do i thought the film was fine and and i enjoyed that uh it's uh, i mean i quite liked how there were parallels set up between uh, you know what makes a cop what makes a gangster uh what are the differences between rules i mean you know the how an academy or an institution teaches you as opposed to how you should be in the real world and things like that you know i i did not think that it was uh uh too obvious i it wasn't very complex either but i mean i i got the sense that it was a fairly smart film and it sort of respected its boundaries and sort of stayed within it uh within uh within them without trying too much and bumbling uh them i i thought it, it set itself a modest target and and it achieved it i mean in mm can have problems with such an approach and I've had problems with a few films like that but in this film I was
0: quite okay with, with the end result I would say hmm. uh, yeah for for those who aren't aware uh, or, or haven't watched the film yet Class of 83 is based on a book uh, by uh, the crime journalist Hussain Zaidi who was also responsible for Black Friday Um, and it's, it's basically about uh, um, uh, sort of a senior cop who takes four uh, people under his wing and trains them to be encounter specialists in 80s Mumbai um, there's a lot more to it obviously that's just a very simple byline Uday uh, obviously uh, you've been working on um, a book about Satya and uh, obviously that has a lot to do with uh, crime in Mumbai, and uh, sh- you've been working on it for a long time, and obviously you've done a lot of research on this particular genre of Hindi films or Indian films for that matter. So, in that context, uh, you know, I, I sort of that that's why I was reading you. I I sort of read your review first to get a get an idea of you know how sort of accurate the film was or if you know you. Uh, took to certain aspects uh, why don't you talk a little about your i mean in that context why don't you describe your reactions there well i haven't
2: i haven't,
0: uh, I haven't
1: read plug yeah. sorry sorry there. i'll just interrupt you for a second this is a very good plug Raul congratulations now
2: <laughs> thank you yeah what what i could never do rahul has done very smoothly uh, you owe me some commission here yeah, but okay <laughs> uh yeah, I, I haven't read this particular uh, Zahidi book, but uh, the, the, uh, the two of his books that became really famous, which were uh, Dongri to Dubai and Baikola to Bangkok, are uh, they're sitting right in front of me on the desk right now. And they're never very far away from an arm's length because I refer to them all the time to, to get my uh, gangsters uh, of Bombay right. Uh, in that sense, I, I, I did find the film like quite a I uh, I mean, from, from whatever I know, it seems like a, 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 fairly authentic picture of, of that time. Uh, I have to say that my, my interest in it was, uh, was kind of, um, uh, sparked by two fairly, uh, nerdy things, uh, one of which was that, um, I noticed it at some point in, in the film that they were uh, splicing in clips from old uh, Films Division documentaries. And uh, uh, I'd written a long piece about Films Division uh, shorts and documentaries before. And uh, it um, obviously no one read it. And so I think the only point of having written that was that years later? I could find a film that used some of those things and say, "Ah, this came from there." But I, I thought, sort of, um, uh, uh, indicate the era. Uh, is if you remember, there's uh, there's a scene where there's a, a couple of uh, young boys playing by the uh, by the sea on a promenade, uh, and they get splashed by a big wave. Uh, so that's actually from a Charles Correa uh, documentary that he made sometime in the late 70s. So, uh, yeah, that kind of sent me looking for the other sources of the things that they have. And the other uh, thing which I which comes fairly on early on in the film and which I think, uh, uh, Rahul, you didn't have a... You had an adversary reaction to, but which I enjoyed a lot was the very aggressive uh, background score Uh, By which to (laughs) me was like a it was like a pastiche of of 80s uh, of 80s background scores and I don't think it was meant as a pastiche but uh, it's done with so much enthusiasm that it can almost seem like that so you know when when that kind of hit and that came in early in the film I was like okay like at least they're they're going for something very specific in a, in, because the film is set in the uh, in the early and mid 80s and to have that kind of score means that at least you know they're going pull out and sort of trying to establish the mm. setting in that kind of era
0: mm. yeah i mean yeah i i get the whole i mean i instantly got the entire idea behind Sort of the detailing and and Vijay uh, and Vijusha sort of uh, scoring the background. And obviously, and the, the first thing that I have to say this, the first thing that occurred to me when I heard uh, the background score when uh, Bobby Deol's character Vijay Singh was introduced, uh, that, that score immediately reminded me of the time Om Puri was introduced in Gupt. It was very similar Uh, to that score Uh, and it was the same sort of context also because it was a cop sort of being introduced so I I mean I get that and but sometimes I feel like a lot of films in this whole pursuit of being an uh, ode to a certain era or uh, to a certain era of you know uh, of a city of a culture and uh, an era of filmmaking ends up becoming uh, you know what you, they end up basically becoming uh, less of a sort of an old and more of uh, of that particular era and for me it, I, I could not find in myself that energy to engage with the film as much as both of you did in a way because uh, uh, like sometimes you just want to look deeper into the film and push yourself to uh, think a little more while writing the reviews and I didn't even feel that urge while uh, especially after I watched the film. Of course, the last 10 or 15 minutes didn't help and a lot of people have problems with the last act of the film and with the rhythm of the film. But I just didn't find it in myself because I found it very weirdly paced. And uh, I mean, I know I'm I'm sort of... Like, I just personally felt it was just... It, it was fundamentally not paced well. The rhythm was sort of all over the place. And I, I actually like the detailing, but on the same... In the same sort of breath, I'd also like to mention that I think Aashe Marlouwalia's daddy did a far better job of sort of representing uh, Bombay in the late 70s and early 80s, where you know, uh, Arjun Rampal played Arun Gavli. And that for me, even though that was a very difficult film to get engaged with, and it was a difficult film to uh, uh, sort of, you know, really like... Uh, the. the If I were to like a film for its authenticity and for its detailing, that was what set the bar for me uh, in terms of, you know, this whole Mumbai crime uh, gangster period era. And that's, I mean, I I really have honestly nothing deeper to say. Of course, and I like that even Tanul, you had also mentioned that entire joke about that. uh, I think the four guys crack about, you know, uh, uh, that Sabu joke about Jupiter, uh, about the volcano in Jupiter. And those little details are really nice when you pick them. And you know, when, and it, that's the first thing that occurred to me when I saw it, because a Chacha Chaudhary joke was made just recently in one of the films that was based in the 70s. I think, I'm not sure, I think it was uh, the Vidya Balan biopic. But anyway, but yeah, it just, I didn't go beyond the details. And it didn't uh, I really have nothing more deeper to say about the film because I just tuned out within the first 20 minutes which is why I really wanted to talk to both of you about how you felt about it. What did you sort of feel about the casting? I've never uh, seen four of the um, the four boys in the film before and they were a pleasant surprise in the sense that I really felt like they got uh, the tone of the film and all but you know I was sort of on the fence about Bobby Deal. Uh is there anything else, Tanul, that you really sort of fancied? Yeah, I mean, a bunch of things. Uh,
1: but before that, I mean, I would just like to say that I like the casting. I like mm. the, I mean, my boys were, were, were quite good. I mean, the the whole chemistry among them. And just the fact that, I mean, you know, little details set them apart. Uh, I mm. I quite like that. So, so that was that. I mean, there, there was a scene in the academy where I think there is a... Uh, uh there's a woman who questions, I mean, uh, their batchmate. Uh, she questions them, I mean, cross-questions them. Uh <clears throat> when you know, I mean, Bobby Diola has kind of like set them up in the lecture. Mm. And I, I saw her in Jamtara. So, and and she was very good in it. So I mm. thought, I mean, that at least gave me a signal that okay, there is some amount of, you know, uh um uh, what do you call it, intelligence or. Or things like that. Devoted to sort of casting. Which I thought was interesting. I mean other than that. I mean I like the fact that you know. It sort of adopts for a certain time. uh, Or takes the trail. uh, Of many Bollywood films. uh, Mm -hmm. Which have. As the protagonist. You know it kind of really sets up. The whole thing of vigilante justice. There is a lot of. Uh, 70s and 80s sense of uh, being wronged that was depicted a lot in a cinema, right? So you have I mean, I don't know if it was intentional, but you uh, you really hear the word system being sort of like, you know, tossed a lot, which I thought was pretty interesting because, I mean, a lot, a lot of Bollywood films of the 70s and the 80s were you know, sort of, uh, I mean, there was this system which had sort of wronged you and there were a bunch of people who Avenged against that inequity, so sort to of speak. So I I like the fact that the film was quite in tune with <clears throat> the pop culture of that time, and also I mean the perceived or I mean the actual injustices and the perpetrators of that time, or 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 the way they were imagined in uh, in, in in popular consciousness and things like that. So I thought that that was quite nice. I like the as I said, I like the the similarities and. Differences. I mean, we obviously know between a cop and a gangster. For a moment, you think that this film, you know, will take the same route as adopted by many, many Bollywood cop films, you know, where, as as I said, there is one versus many or many versus one, whatever, in this case. But it doesn't do that. I mean, uh, to to some extent, it sort of complicates our understanding of vigilante justice in a sense. I mean, it complicates our understanding of good cop or a bad cop you know, I mean, so I quite enjoyed those uh, delicate uh, flourishes. I mean, it, it it really never was, I mean, it, it doesn't really interrogate deep uh, the mindset of such a cop. Sure, I'll give you that. But it definitely doesn't, I mean, uh, let them scot-free as well. You can definitely see that, I mean, these cops have also become the lackeys of uh, of the dawn, which is, uh, which is an establishment in itself, right? So, then it becomes a question of, you essentially surrendering to a different system while saying that I'm rebelling against one in the first place. So things like that. So I enjoyed those things. I I in fact it's interesting that I did not have an issue with the pacing at all. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, right from the start. I was very I very much felt at home in the in the universe of this film, or or if universe may not be the correct word, but at least uh with respect to the rhythm of this film. And that's something that doesn't obviously happen to me. Uh, happen a lot to me. Especially when we are watching Hindi films. Where pacing and a bunch of issues. Uh, that are always you know. Uh, popping up. Which like. Always keep you at an arm's distance from from the film. In this case. That was not a problem for me at all. I thought everything was smooth. I mean, including the last 15-20 minutes, well, wherein mm. a lot of people that, you know, they had a problem with the pacing or the rhythm. Mm. I, I, For me, that was not a problem at all. I mean, even in the last 15 minutes, I could sense that, I mean, since I was liking the film, I would not have i mean it, it wouldn't have bothered me if the film would have lasted for 20 25 minutes more and that was something i'd figured out quite early i mean say around the 30 40 minute mark or whatever where you could just where you knew that there was only 50 minutes or an hour left uh, but you got the feeling that the i mean the story could easily have so much more meat and mm. especially when making it so for me it was fairly consistent for that uh, in that regard i would say right did I have it?
2: to say that uh, I mean I, I completely agree that uh, the story could have had like uh, half an hour more. I would go as far as to say it could have an hour more uh, uh, because there seemed that much story but um, and, and that was one of my problems but I want I want to uh, just uh, keep uh, you know dwell on the things that I, I liked for a bit and then maybe come come back to what I thought were a few limitations. But um, uh, you mentioned casting. I thought the five guys, the young cops were, uh, I thought they were really good as an ensemble. And the way it was nice to see the film present them in a way that none of them really came across as very heroic. Like they were very like ordinary and like uh, sort of, uh, and they become like more and more morally compromised as the film goes on and uh, their performances also I, I don't think any of them was like a you know they they worked very well in an ensemble none of them were trying to outshine each other and you saw that in in what i thought was the film's best scene which is the the dinner that they have at that uh, malwani restaurant uh, yeah. where they're just sitting around and talking and uh, they they talking in Hindi but they slip into uh, Marathi and then they come back to Hindi and it's just like and and you can see even then like early on in the film that there, that there are a lot of tensions within the group and uh, one of them has been like hit by a stone pelter at one of the mill strikes and the other says you know my father is a mill worker and then yeah. there's a little fight out there and, all, and one of them is trying to play peacemaker and the other one is just concerned because people are watching so that I thought that was like such a good scene in the sense that zero exposition, but you actually learn something about each of the characters just by the way that they're reacting and and when they're speaking and when, you know, when they're not. And uh, I I, I feel that the film kind of, uh, uh, I'll get to that maybe later, but I, I think the film could have done with like, if there were like three or four more scenes like that, where we just spent time with the characters and got to know them, I think it would have been, like, a really, you know, a much stronger film. But, like, <laughs> with Bobby Deo's uh, casting, I just wanted to... Uh, I-, I thought it was an adequate performance by him. It wasn't an embarrassing performance. It was not mm-hmm. bad. I wouldn't say it's commanding in any way. And I just... I, I don't understand, it, you know, like, the, the the effort which it might take to get Bobby up to like a level where he's performing, you know, adequately enough and, you know, not letting the film down. Uh, it's like, why spend that much effort on Bobby Deol when you can, I don't know, get like Adil Hussain or someone mm-hmm. to come in and who will do the same thing at 40% capacity? I, I don't understand that. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe Tanul feels differently about his performance than I do, but it just, it, it struck me as, like, not a film, you know, uh, imploding performance, but not something that seems worth the effort of having mm-hmm. him in the film. Yeah,
0: that's, that's actually an interesting point. I never thought about Bobby Deo's um, you know, inclusion in the film that way. But I feel like a lot of Hindi films in the last few years have sort of made a genre out of uh, hinging their films on comebacks of stars who were never known to be actors, you know, like a, yeah, uh, we'll want uh, to do the uh,
2: Tarantino yeah. thing.
0: Ah, they all want to do something like that and hope like a Mickey Roor comes out of nowhere or or say like, uh, you know, even the way they sort of marketed Abhishek Bachchan with Breathe when it wasn't exactly his comeback because, you know, he was in Manmarzia just now. So, I mean, it, it's one of those things where you play on our perception of them being incompetent actors at some point of time, which they may or may not have been because it was a different era of acting or filmmaking. But... Uh, it's that entire thing, you know, bringing Vijusha back. So we are bringing Bobby Deol back, which I which I felt was a little gimmicky because, as you said, obviously there are far better actors who could have done a job at, uh done this job at uh, maybe, uh, you know, uh, half the effort. And uh, yeah, I guess it's down to maybe people like us who maybe identify that Bobby was actually better than most of his roles he's been doing in the last 20 years, like a Yamla Pagla divana and all. So automatically our bar is so low that when we see him sort of not express himself too much in a film like this as a cop with, a, with a sort of a dark past or with, you know, who's numbed into grief, uh, I, I guess we tend to, some of us tend to perceive it as a good performance. And I've seen that happening, you know, even with my reading of all these actors who make comebacks. Uh, in these films and I, I think some of it is honest casting, some is not very honest, but yeah, that's uh, that's actually a good point to raise. Uh, Tanul? Yeah, so I mean uh, I first thought, again
1: had I had not seen the trailer, but I knew that uh, Bobby Diol is in the film. I, I first thought that it was perhaps a stunt casting, you know, and uh, I mean, and, and you're bang on. I mean, this is something we uh, discussed um, last, in the last podcast as well. I mean, it's, it definitely is a matter of uh, uh, low expectations as well. I mean, for me, I deliberately use the word that Bobby Deol uh, turns in a competent performance uh, Mm -hmm. because that was it for me. You know, I mean, it was a role that was given to him. He wasn't particularly impressive, so to speak. He wasn't bad either. I mean, it was, I, I, I thought for any competent actor, it was a regular 9 to 5 job, uh, with, which he was okay uh, with. The fact is, we don't even see that from, you know, the so called, I mean, uh, or who once were or supposed to be top brass actors. So it, mm. it, it feels that, you know, okay, somebody is not uh, fucking up, you're okay. Mm. and. It, it's not a bad performance. I I did not have any problems with that. I, I but it's also I mean one of those characters. I mean I don't know. It 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 it's not a particularly interesting character to me. I mean it mm. and it's and it's not about the the cliched background or anything. And, I mean all of it could be true. I don't know. Uh, but it's I mean we have just just seen so many. I mean these kind of portrayals. I mean before mm. and. Uh, <clears throat> it's also i i also thought it was quite interesting because i noted that i noted that uh the for a considerable period of time bobby Deol is just not there you know okay. i think it's 40 or, 40 or even a 45 minute stretch in between when bobby Deol is just not there we see him at the academy we see i mean you know train these boys or whatever i mean give them lessons and and then he just scoots and then we just you know uh we cut to 83 and i think we continue till eighty six or eighty seven. I I believe where mm. we we are with these boys. So I think I don't know what the original plan was, or, or the fact that I mean, uh, the role itself was I mean uh, this much, because I mean, and then he comes at the end for sure. But for me, it was never a very uh, I mean, definitely not a scene chewing performance in 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 any sense. But also, I mean, not a not a performance that carries a film, you know, yeah. because uh, in between the film is about all these uh, uh, these young cops, and uh, Bobby Deol is literally not in the picture. That said, though, and and given uh, Bobby Deol's track record, which is very very important to note here, I thought he was fine. Could uh, a different actor done a better job? I I suppose so, but I don't think the role. Itself is terribly well written. That you know, uh,
0: yeah. mm. any
1: other character would have added layers to it that I don't. That Bobby, they all could not. I mean, it's it, yeah it's it's a fairly there character, you know. So so that's what I thought. Mm. I mean, just the fact that you think that something can be bad but it isn't, and you're you're thankful for it says a lot, no, about yeah. the state of yeah, place. yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's true. I, I guess that's the that's the pretty much the selling point of these characters or the these performances, right? Like it's not terrible, and that itself becomes a victory uh, because none of us have anything special to say about the performance or the character, which which is in a way one can say that okay, the director maybe designed the character of you know Vijay Singh to be like that to sort of meld into the background, but make us conscious of the fact that the character is still an important character because Bobby Deol is playing him. Uh, uh, because he also had that, he put in that 50 crore, 100 crore, uh, crore club dialogue uh, inside to uh, consciously sort of point us towards the fact that Bobby Deol is playing it and it's, you know, it's trying to, they are trying to sort of do a very self-aware, but you know, Dharma and Vyra have done it 100 times before. So it, it really doesn't uh, stand out, I guess that that was, uh, one could say the director can easily defend this performance or the character by saying this was what we were going for. We wanted the boys to sort of stand out and which is why uh, Bobby Deol is so gracious enough to sort of, uh, you know, lend his um, particular stage of his career to, to a role like this. So, yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. Um, Uday? I, uh,
2: yeah, so I I just wanted to kind of uh, uh, like talk about the running time a bit. And this is a, I mean, obviously when you're talking about the run time of a film, you're in a bit of conjecture in the sense that I I felt like this film, you know, might have been planned as something longer. And there was a lot, you know, there was material that might have been left out in cutting but obviously you know you 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 know the, these things are you know no one knows that except like the director and the editor perhaps but mm. i i think it just it's a, so this is a tight 1 hour and 38 minutes which is very tight for a for a hindi film uh mm. it's of this about 40 minutes are spent at the academy training these guys which is the more leisurely period of the film, you know, they, they meet the dean and uh, he, di- he, whatever, he, he doesn't rusticate them, instead he sort of trains them with an eye of making them this special hit squad, kind of thing. The rest of the thing, which is the, the remaining hour takes, you know, all the rest of their story, which is like, you know, them getting into their jobs, then becoming the hit squad which they were planned for, then becoming like in the pay of the gangsters, falling out with each other, then Mm. Aslam dying, then them coming together and taking finally Dean's revenge at the end. All of that kind of crunched into that one hour did not work for me. I think mm. it really uh, hampers the storytelling. Once they leave the academy, I always felt like things were being rushed, and mm. I didn't. I didn't really. I, I. I cannot tell you anything about the individual members of of the squad beyond that. Like that one guy likes to masturbate a lot, which mm. is like you know. <laughs> I mean that should not be the one detail that I know about like your five protagonists and i mean maybe that was intentional maybe they don't want them to stand out as whatever your prototypical heroes and they just want them to seem like a force like a collective force but i i don't know i feel like a, a film that was slightly longer uh, which spent more time with the characters for example like that that scene at the restaurant or the scene later where, which is at Aslam's house where they again they have a fight over food uh, by the way good good rhyming between those two scenes i thought that was cleverly done but mm. um, yeah i think that is one area in which the storytelling for me did not work i i i felt like we were always in a ration that uh, material that could have taken some more time was kind of, uh, uh, you know, really rushed through.
0: Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, I mean, that that was probably, I mean, at, at some point, I, I didn't know what the primary narrative was in the sense, like, I started sort of watching it as a training film, and then this guy is the protagonist who trains, like, Four guys or five guys to sort of uh, you know take on the system, and then once it sort of branches out, that's pretty much precisely the problem I had, and with the pace and all. But uh, yeah, what, what did what did you guys think about the politics of the film, like with respect to the cops and encounter specialists, and um, maybe the way they treated the scenes or the way the tone of the scenes? Before that. Mm. yeah, uh, yeah I, mean, I would just
1: like to add I mean uh, to your and Uday's yeah. points about you know the material itself so uh, once I got done watching the film mm. I was intrigued and I wanted to check out Zaidi's book okay because I just wanted to get a sense of I, I mean I knew that it was based on a book but I just wanted to know that if a film was this short would was the book say one fifty pages long? One seventy? I mean, I don't know something. Mm. Um, it, it just gave me that sense. So I mean, I uh, there were a few fee, uh, free chapters available on Google. So I started reading, and you know what mm. was very interesting. I only uh, read the first chapter, but the first chapter I don't even think introduces any of this, any of these folks. It's it starts off in nineteen ninety nine in December nineteen ninety nine. And uh, the narrative starts with this cop called Sandeep Sharma, if I remember his name right. And he gets a from a raw officer, a a raw agent, because CA 814 has just been hijacked and it's stationed in Kandahar. And uh, he's gotten a tip-off about a guy uh, who could be uh, planning something really big. So it turns out that... That Sandeep cop tracks that uh, uh, guy and a bunch of his friends hiding in Jogeshwari West, and they were planning an uh, uh, an attack on Atal Bihari Vajpayee and an attack on the entire uh, city of Bombay itself. So I mean, uh, whatever. And then the, I remember the chapter ending by this guy, sort of, I mean, uh, replaying his life and going back to say nine years ago or some or something uh, when he was uh, when he was a nobody in the uh, Police force hmm. and the chapter ends. So even that is nineteen ninety. While I think the book ends in uh, sorry. Uh, while the film I think ends in 86, 87. So it just intrigued me. Because... Sorry, this is,
2: sorry, just to interrupt you. This is uh, Zaidi Tro. I think from the two books I've read, uh, he hmm. likes to uh, start off his uh, books like in the whatever present day or the future of yes. of the yeah. of the book's narrative at least. And then kind of go back from there. Sorry, continue. Uh, you can get the sense
1: that the first chapter of the book uh, has an extended sort of like, I mean, it has some detail about stuff that's not even in the uh, timeline of the film. So I'm sure now, I I, I mean, I haven't read the book, uh, the full book. But I mean, you 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 can get some sense that I think some of that choice was, I mean, really deliberate because Perhaps the book is more detailed. I mean, it would have been fun to uh, to have those uh, things play out because hmm. it just would have, I think, made the film more more rounded in a sense or just a little more fleshed out. It would have been good. Yeah,
0: Sorry, sure. uh, what was your question? No, about the politics of the film, like with respect to the, uh, the way the treatment of the scenes with, you know, the entire glorification of encounter killing, which is a very easy uh, way to critique criticize these films, but, you know, I just wanted to know your sort of viewpoint on this. Uh, so, you know, mm. I mean, this again, something so cliched,
1: something so, I mean, mm. and it's not cliched, it's also dangerous, right? When, when we've literally had an encounter killing in the country uh, a few yeah. months ago, and, yeah. and anyway, it has been, it's, 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 it's been on for quite some time anyway, right? So, yeah. But what I found interesting with class of ETC, but again, uh, as I said, it's something that I can say with regard to everything in the film, is that there is not a lot that's in there, but whatever is there, I thought was pretty satisfactory for me. So I mean, um uh, it initially it looks like that the movies cut from the same fabric that has mm-hmm. sort of, you know, I mean, uh uh that has marked many bollywood cop dramas uh, mm-hmm. you have at, you have this very uh, all a quasi mythic uh, notion or something of a system that's there that's always looking down you about to squash you and things like that whatever so then you have its uh, its opposing force in uh, which is purportedly moral and virtuous and things like that in a police force uh mm-hmm. and and, <clears throat> and essentially the implication is that you know that since something is so corrupt and something is just uh, is not playing by the rules, so why should we and things like that. But then it's it sort of I think takes a detour by you know by kind of investigating uh, the lives and the yeah. mindscapes of these young cops, you know. And uh, I got the feeling that the film was aware that its characters are aware that you know when you have power and when you have a gun, killing mm-hmm. can be you know it can be it 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 can be a weird kind of i mean almost an almost a perverse adrenaline rush and mm. uh, added to that there is an incentive of fame added to that there's an incentive of money now you know so i think i mean the film is not overt in uh, pronouncing its judgments about say uh, hey look these guys are uh, doing something bad or Showing something mm. bad, but thinking that it's par for the course, right? Things like that. I think it mm. just kind of very, uh, very smartly. I think uh, it uh, it divides into two by it shows you one story and then it shows another, and both mm. of them, in a sense, are complementary to each other. But morally, they are absolutely one is the inverse of the other. So then, as uh, it's 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 a bit like splicing two scenes where two of them are saying absolutely different things. And he does it through, I mean, just he just makes two subplots out of these two things, which I thought was smart. And if you do not want to get your feet dirty and you do not want to get into a lot of naughty philosophical questions about these things, uh, or even just straightforward bureaucratic ones as well, I think this is one uh, way to... Um it's 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 one relatively easy way to put your point across, and I was okay with it. Uh I
2: I I don't know, I, I felt a bit like there was a slight uh I, I, I maybe what you could call a slate of hand on on the part of, of the director um, and screenwriter out here. Um I, uh, I I I felt that the film kind of draws a line cleverly for its own narrative, but unsatisfyingly for me. At when the when the characters kind of come under the pay of the gangsters, like when they start taking money for them and bumping off like the rivals of the other people, and when they kill like whatever a couple of innocent businessmen then the film is like, oh my god, they've gone too far and then they bring Bobby back into the narrative to kind of curb them. Uh, I don't think the film has any uh, real problem uh, with them uh, killing um, with uh, vigilante killings. Uh, Any more than like, say, you know, a Singham might or uh, something or a Simba might. Uh, I I just think that uh, it's... um, where it draws the line, it kind of, it makes a big deal out of it, like by bringing Bobby back into the narrative. So it makes it look like it has a more nuanced view, but I don't think it really does. Uh, I would have been fine not, you know, imposing a moral view on the film. For example, Daddy is a very amoral film, Mm. but it never kind of indulges in that view itself. I have the problem is that I think this film, especially the way it ends with that whole like there is law and order sometimes, you know, to maintain order, you need to break the law and all that. I think the film kind of trapped itself in the sense that it kind of its its own last words were, you know, uh, uh, like, yeah, we actually believe in this and and it is it is fine if uh, cops take the, uh, the 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 uh, law into their own hands. So if if it ends on that moral note itself, then I feel that it opens itself also to judgments of viewers and critics. Uh, you know morality in in looking at it.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean that's pretty much. Uh, yeah. That because there was. I actually like the fact that at some point there were. I, I mean the moral. Uh, sort of frame of the film didn't really occur to me till uh, the point they started, you know, like two of the cops went off the rails a little and, they, you know, it was a bit of sort of demonizing the cops who are starting to get corrupt a little by taking, uh, by by being on the payrolls of the gangsters and eliminating the rivals. I like the fact that they did that, but that whole transition from them being those people two uh, uh, to them sort of suddenly now banding together within one scene because the uh, the narrator of the film who's the, also the only Muslim cop uh, out of the uh, five or four uh, sort of dies uh, and is, you know, is bumped off. And after, uh, that entire scene where uh, I think Bobby Deol is, uh, Bobby Deol's character is attending the funeral and he goes into the car and thinks of killing himself and again sort of puts the gun to his, Uh, uh, head and things of it and then they suddenly appear that almost felt like surreal in the sense it felt like a dream sequence for me I felt like he was seeing those (laughs) characters out of nowhere they had just appeared after being assholes for the last 15 or 20 minutes and after being the ones who are going to explode this entire uh, this entire moral sort of landscape that they are uh, occupying, they suddenly just occurred and said, "No, you know, we need to." And then, uh, uh, very obviously, the, his assistant and the other missing cop also appears in front of the car, which was obviously a very 90s, 80s trope. And it's an, I get it's, it's a nice little ode to that era of storytelling, but that just felt surreal in terms of uh, sort of resolving uh, the, the 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 sudden change of uh, the, you know attitude uh, for especially for those two characters who were also. Uh, the standout actors for me you know in the film because they were given a little more meat and they were the ones who started fighting when they were having lunch together so i i mean it it was all a little too again it comes down to you know my problems with uh the pace of the film and with with the rhythm after the entire training montage uh but uh, yeah i mean that's I, I apart from that i don't think like i had a major problem as and you know i sort of agree with you about them sort of hiding uh, the sleight of hand thing, hiding it a little better than the mainstream films do. And, you know, in the end sort of still uh, showing the cops to be the good guys in the end. Uh, and then Bobby, they all suddenly telling them that, you know, we, I'm, I'm still not going to go easy on you during the... Uh, whatever is a very, very mild way to sort of point out that they were, you know, bad people at one point of time or they were corrupt at one point of time. So it was a little too convenient, but I sort of understood where they were heading and why they were trying to do what they did, which I guess mm-hmm. is a little more than uh, uh, most cop dramas we see these days. But uh, yeah, yeah uh, just as a side, have you both uh, sort of seen uh, Atul Sabarwal's the documentary he made a couple of years ago in 2016 or fifteen, I think? Uh, no. Personal documentary called In Their Shoes basically based on his own family business and uh, his father's sort of shoe trading, shoe material trading business and how he was always pushed away from it. And it goes back to the partition, which I thought was a very, very nice documentary. And it was totally out of uh, the blue for a lot of people. A lot of people didn't know it released, but I think it's available online. You know, that would definitely be, I mean, that's his best film so far. And uh, out of the films we've seen of his and uh, I thought that when I watched that documentary, I felt like this filmmaker will be around for a while and it'll be interesting to see what he comes up with. Because it was both a personal documentary and a very cultural sort of snapshot of, uh, you know, India going through its partition and how generational traits sort of get lost in the uh, entire din of uh, transition. But yeah, that that's a documentary that I would really uh, recommend. Tanul, did you watch it in 2015 or 16? Not uh, on the docu. And mm.
1: uh, I mean, I'd enjoyed Sabarwal's films, I mean, his works and things like that. So it wasn't mm. my list, but yeah, just one of those things. Couldn't watch it.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah I'd, so- uh, I'd love to. I'm, I'm keen to catch it now because uh, A, I mean, I like uh, filmmakers who can switch between fiction and nonfiction. I, mm. uh, it's, it's just, it's rare for India. I, I don't know if I can name a single director, actually. Uh, big director who does that right now uh, in mm-hmm. India I, I can't think of anyone at all and uh, it's yeah and, uh, it's, um, yeah, yeah. and uh, even like the, the incorporation of, of the old uh, shorts and newsreels and all which he does in this I mm-hmm. think uh, shows someone who has that kind of eye for you know who, who thinks in, in, in uh, non-fiction uh, ways also
0: uh, as mm. well as fiction yeah 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 that's what I guess that's why that's why I guess at some point my expectations were a little uh, you know uh, little high especially given his last few films but I don't know I still feel like he's a very interesting director and uh, yeah I'm, I mean it could also be down to the fact that in general like the I feel like the Mumbai crime genre has been done to that, especially in the last mm. 10 or 15 years especially after the 90s and I just like at some point mentally I just tune off once I start hearing Bombay in a voiceover and that it becomes an uphill battle after that. And it's very difficult to reinvent that genre in a very interesting manner unless you really decide to make like a series. Like I, I literally envision this film as a series at some point because there was a lot, I, I even Tanul, it's nice that you mentioned the book because there, I feel like, I mean, not so much the length of the film. I feel like the uh, pace of the film or the language of the film could have been uh, that, you know, of a sort of a long-form sort of introduction into a certain era. And that, uh, unless you're going to make something like that, it's very difficult to engage your viewers only for like, or to sort of blow them away, not even engage. Engage, to I think it's very easy to do these days, but blow them away with like like a two hour or a one and a half hour film these days. So I guess that is itself the genre itself is sort of very difficult to crack but uh, yeah we'll find out when Uday's book comes out another plug. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah like and, and so yeah that's pretty much Tanul any anything else you'd like to add? Nothing as such but yeah I
1: just want to add that I uh, completely agree with you. I mean Mumbai noir has become I mean uh, has been suffering from narrative fatigue for quite a long time, and mm. I would also much rather uh, be taken on a longer ride, which is about something really specific. You know, I mean, just fucking show me how. Say I don't know, like say, a Jogeshwari West ka Pulisthana works. Just show mm. me the intricacies, of the politics, the the hierarchical fuck ups, or the uh, or the stringency of it. Anything or or, or, or about that, uh, say, how gangs work beyond, say, what we have read in Maximum City or say, Sacred Games or just a bunch of other portrayals, I mean, uh, uh, film, books or, you know, uh, things like that. So just, I think, that for me, a major problem, if you can call it that, but it, 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 it was just so that the film defined itself in a way that it didn't bother me, was that I wanted to see more of, say, I mean, how does this gang work or how do these folks work so so sure he left uh, what is the that dude's name kalsekar right the don mm. yeah. so he, yeah. he leaves bombay for what dubai or, or somewhere right but then he also has uh, his mm. men on the ground which is fine i mean obviously but mm. i wanted to see more of that you know a uh, more of say wheeling and dealing more of i mean going behind the scenes and showing us how this kind of thing works, what is at stake, what, what is the level uh, and the nature of collusion between uh, the politicians and the gangsters. I mean, show us something. I mean, I mean, uh, this film just does not choose to go in there at all. So I mean, sure, you can't really critique something which doesn't really exist. But I, I would have liked to see some of that or I mean, this is uh, my expectation from say a piece of mumbai noir in future i mean i would like to see things that have not been covered before i mean it just seems so obvious to state something like this but sadly it it's true because at the end of the day and the reason i feel you and i'm sure there are many like you me included i suppose who get the sense of jadedness right from the word go because just everything feels that you've seen it you've heard it you have lived it weirdly so you know I'd, yeah just it would be good yeah. to see a show that sort of is a long form sort of portrayal of these things mm.
0: were yeah. there anything to add? Just like on
2: the genre I agree with you guys I think it's kind of it's sort of trying to find a way to be interesting again I think daddy managed that to some extent uh, mm. but uh, I I think It can look beyond crime, is what I'm saying. Just, you know, uh, noir does not necessarily have to be cops and gangsters. It can infiltrate a lot of other genres. And I can imagine a really good, uh, uh, you know, noir, which just concerns, like, uh, say, like, set in the same milieu, 80s, striking mills and and that sort of uh, dynamic playing out what happens who you know who are the you know who are the people who are trying to break the the uh, unions and who are keeping them firm and stuff like that i mean um, there was this great uh, film called kamati Padam um, uh, mm-hmm. with uh, dalkei salman uh, a couple of years ago like it, it's uh, something like that but set in like the bombay mill strikes of the 80s I think it would be amazing. So yeah. I, I think the genre needs to kind of go beyond now uh, the cops and gangsters. I this is, it's been done so much and very well that I don't think there is much left to chew off now on, on that branch. So it needs to find new stories and it doesn't need to find them in typical like sort of crime films.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and especially that point about the mill strikes. And, uh, I mean, I've been coming across these, the mill sort of subplot in so many uh, cop and gangster films or Bombay films for a while now, you know, even from Bombay Velvet sort of the from those times. And I've never really, I mean, for someone who isn't really clued on to the entire Bombay scene for the last few decades or like this entire, uh, the cotton mill uh, scene. And, you know, it's 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 always... The problem with the filmmakers and the writers is, they always almost assume that the viewers are already very familiar with the milieu of the seventies or the eighties, or at least have a very uh, sort of uh, fundamental understanding of what's been going on in the backdrop of the film, and uh, that that's where a lot of it gets, for me at least, lost in translation. If they are adapting a book, or if they are adapting a, a particular sort of John, uh, a particular uh, you know era or something like that, and Uh, you know, I I keep seeing it being used as sort of a device, a narrative device to sort of push the cops or the gangsters, but we never really get into uh, details apart from the fact that, okay, politicians are on one hand and cops on the other hand, and uh, we are never born into that in detail. So, yeah, that's something definitely, you know, even I would at some point really want a deep dive into, uh, you know, with, with noir films in the future, but yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess we've covered uh, pretty much. Uh, we are almost at the uh, running length of the film with this podcast. Oh, so yeah. I guess, uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, thanks, Oday uh, Tanul, for joining me. We'll be back soon with uh, another interesting film to talk about. Uh, so see you soon again. See you.